1: Bye. Be. No crib on MTV. God only knows. Got my Mini Me in the GP. See how it goes. Evil's all that I see. And you ask me my name? D to the Rizzo, E to the Vizzo, I to the Lizzo. I'm a crazy. A f- we all knew that. Moss caught me in the first act. It's all backwards. What's with that? So I'll make a prophecy. From the dogs to the Mini Me. Give me an Escalade, a two-way bling bling on eBay. Domino. Yeah. It's hard Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for all my homies in Bruges. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Ah, crystal, yeah, yeah. my moto, yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of bee hotches yeah, yeah. Why not? It's the horn I got a Buster move, dropping Buster groove, feeling fine. Got an evil crew, gold member to nick my nine. Till then, I'll chip j- on my butt brands up. Put- I'm calling Splooge in Jr. ass, That's all. For Shizzle My Nizzle, y'all. Yeah. All right, listen up. Tonight, 8 p.m., you're going to start a riot. All right,
2: guys, welcome to the September 4th edition of Rebel Guard Radio. I'm your host, KZ. This show is dedicated to the memory of possibly one of the greatest heels ever in the business Killer Kowalski um, our show is also brought to you by our sponsors uh, wrestling.com. keep your eyes out on them see what's going on and WrestleWarehouse.com a uh, couple new shoot interviews in uh, Michael Modest and the Ballard Brothers you can get other DVDs there as well uh, I strongly recommend any DVD from SoCal Pro Wrestling this year um, Adam Pierce has been tearing it up lately and I am joined on the air by my special guest co-host, Mr. Ed in San Antonio, Mr. Lorito. Good evening.
3: What's going on, KZ? What's happening?
2: Oh, fucking heat wave, brother. You know we're we're, we're cooking out here on the West Coast, man. It's really really hot.
3: Yeah, it's been pretty hot down here in Texas too, man. It's been real heat of that fucking hurricane shit.
2: Yeah, that's some. That's some shit. That's some shit. So. Uh, Let's see. Let's get into some news real quick. Um, I was going. I was looking at the Observer Figure Four news update today, and it said that you know that Don West was let go. I was like, what? What from from T N A? But no, just his day job, which is at a radio station. So I was like, damn. Could they be on the on the right page there? But I was wrong.
3: Yeah, well, actually, I'm actually one of the few people who actually doesn't don't mind Don West too much. He actually kind of makes me laugh a little bit. I, I, he shouldn't be on. He should be on the whole show, but they should like maybe make him like the uh, Dean of CNA or something. Move Cornette into his spot.
2: So, yeah, he should be the pitch man, or you know, do the on the road like uh, Lee Marshall used to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a perfect. Actually, they'll Lee Marshall
2: spot on the road with Lee Marshall. Yeah, well, yeah, good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. Let's see the odds right now, as of uh, last night for the Randy Gutierrez and Brock Lesnar fight. We have minus 125 for Randy and minus 105 for Brock.
3: Wow. They're both they're both minuses. Wow, that sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah, well. Well, I brought it up, brother. Is it going to be the fight of the year, or do you think it's just going to be, you know, a sleeper, you know, just going to be a boo match? What what do you think of that?
3: Well, it'll be the fight of the year, but it won't be the most exciting fight of the year. But it's just going to bring out so much emotion, so much, you know, story that, even if it's like the same thing with Randy and Tim, you know, that was a wonderful fight, but yet people will still can say that was one of the most exciting fights they see, and it's going to be the exact same
2: on this fight yeah. well, We're never going to draw money We're never going to draw money And Meltzer's under the impression He's saying 700000 um, What, what, What's your, your take? What, what do you think they're going to do by Ray Weiss?
3: I'll go on even $1 billion.
2: That's a good call Dana, Dana's on the conference call the other day said said uh, $1.5 He thinks he can get $1.5 and it's possible you know if they build it properly and and they they have the footage to do it um they they just may do it properly, you know and it <clears throat> because I know they're going to get some of those uh crossover uh buys from the you know from the wrestling fans and you know it's uh it's a big fight, and it doesn't really matter who's underneath either because, yeah that's i mean that's true. obviously you know obviously it's a one fight show. So. You
3: could have you could have them be like you could just be a one fight show you don't even need them in the card just have fucking fucking just that one fight and <laughs> still do a million buys you know yeah
2: but then it'll be over in you know 20 seconds that'd be a Mike Tyson fight you know what I mean oh
3: yeah exactly Actually,
2: they, they what they should do is is put a bunch of young kids underneath why not I mean the, people are gonna buy the buy the pay per view anyway you may as well. Put on some young talent that no one's seen. That way, they get the exposure. They get to be on pay-per-view, and it, they're not gonna not gonna have the pressure on them to draw the house because it's gonna be drawn by by Randy and uh, Brock. <clears throat> okay, we've, we've we've lost Ed. Um, Ed's probably traveling with his cell phone. So let's um. Okay, before we get, I'm not going to run down any of the odds for uh, this weekend's show. Um, the WWE this Tuesday is putting out a new Mi- Best of Mr. Perfect DVD. And, it's, yeah, like I said, it's coming out on Tuesday. Uh, it should be fun. Hopefully they did a story, not just, you know, a Best of matches. Um, yeah, so, Ed. Go. Okay. Um, like, like I was saying, you know, you could put these young kids in the undercard. Because they're not gonna have the pressure to pop the buy rate. I mean people yeah, are gonna buy it anyway.
3: Yeah, that's true. They could uh that would, that would you know, really help them out, give them a chance to a uh, showcase and
2: mm-hmm. stuff and, uh, that that and they don't they don't have to burn, you know, burn any good fights. You know what I mean? That that they could put, you know, somewhere
3: else. Yeah, they could put either some guys from like Ultimate Fighter or they can bring up some new guys from like maybe England, Japan. That's what I would do. I would get young guys from England, Japan, the United States, to showcase what they got. Maybe you can break, get a little breakout star or something, you know. You don't have to worry about – you don't need to put Anderson or BJ or Safety Air. You don't have to put anybody else on this card other than Brock and and, and Randy.
2: Remember when they did the U.S. versus Canada show that was uh... – It was a pay-per-view, and it was uh, that wasn't that that was Saint Pierre uh, Pen, wasn't it?
3: Um, I don't really even remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But
2: see, now they can do that. You know, they could use guys from Japan and Europe and Canada against you know against U.S. fighters. That way, you know, you're going to get the international buys anyway because of Brock. And Randy, I mean, they're they're world stars. They're not just you know U.S. stars. They're world stars. So why not give something that the fans will want to see? You know, you can have some Japanese fighters against uh, some of the better uh, U.S. fighters that are not main eventers. Why not? What the hell? You know, what, what do you what do you have to lose? I mean, you're gonna pop you know a million buys on it. So whatever, you know, everything on the bottom, you know, is just gravy. Yeah.
3: No that, man. I don't think they've announced anything about for that card as of yet anyway. I mean, we know main events for cards that are after November, but we don't know anything about this card at all. As far as I know, I haven't heard from Matt other than Randy. announced. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard anything. But, you know, like I said, it really doesn't matter. You know, it's really not that important now. Um well, All right. Well, this Saturday... In at the Phillips Arena, which is a, a really nice arena. This is going to – I want to see how well they draw in this place. Um, in, like I said, Atlanta, Georgia, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we have UFC, what is this, 88. And what we're going to do is we're going to run down the dark fights. Um, this one, the, the, the opener on the paper here, I'm really surprised that this is a, a dark fight. We have uh, Rowan Carnero against Rio Chonan, which, you know, is – is an international or hardcore, you know, dream fight, um, and they're fighting at 170. Um, what, what do you think of this one?
3: I actually thought, for some reason, I thought this was on the main card. I'm, I guess I was mistaken. Um, no, I,
2: I, I think it might be the swing fight.
3: Okay. Uh, this one's <clears throat> kind of hard. Uh, this one, this, 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 is a pretty close matchup, man. I'm really not too sure. Who um. Jeez, awesome.
2: I'm not going to touch this one you know honestly Ed, you know, because I, I do tend to tend to bet on the fights but um, this one I, I just I can't touch you know they're so evenly matched and um, it's going to be fun it's going to be a strong fight um, I'm going to see this damn thing one way or the other either they show it on the pay-per-view or I'll see it on UFC on demand but uh, yeah that's going to be a fun fight so uh, next up we have Jason Lambert against one of my favorites the athlete Jason McDonald.
3: It's amazing how McDonald in this fight after such I mean he just fought with 3 4 weeks to go at the long at the most. Yeah. Uh, so with
2: some uh, there were some 6 submissions and and submission attempts and reversals and defense in that fight. But uh yeah, it's gonna be was, interesting to
3: see.
2: That that's a fight to see um, you you like that fight, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was a great fight And it was one of those yeah. fights You can honestly say that the uh, loser Actually kind of was like a winner Because, I mean, McDonald mm-hmm. Even though he lost, he, I mean, he came out looking really good So I'm going to go with McDonald on this one good Lambert's, Lambert's good But he's just There's something missing there And um, I'm going to go with McDonald on this one
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree Um McDonald is, is another, becoming another one of my can't-miss fighters. Um, like, you see, Clay Guida is one of my can't-miss fighters. You see him on a show, you have to see it. And it's getting to the point where McDonald, you know, sure he doesn't win all the time, but he knows he knows the business and he knows how to get booked, obviously. You know, he goes out and he has, you know, strong fights. He always brings it. So, you know, and uh, it's kind of interesting. Since uh, you know, he's got more balls than most Canadians that I know, so sure. <clears throat> all right, the next one we have Matt Brown against the Donger. Dong Young Kim. Um, Mr. Kim I think is making his UFC debut. Uh he fought in the Pride or uh excuse me, the K one show at the LA Coliseum. Um other than that fight I, I haven't seen much of Kim, but uh well, who do you think on this one?
3: Yeah, like I said, I don't know a lot about the Donger. I just know that everyone was uh, raving, raving about him after that K1 uh, show and stuff. So, so uh, I think I'll, I think I'll go with the Donger. Hopefully he'll put on a good show. And uh, one thing about these Japanese guys, you know, they know how to put some good shows. They're not always the best fighters, but uh, if they put on good shows. So uh, hopefully he'll win. You know, and put you know, on an entertaining show. You know, for all the people.
2: Okay, um I have this uh I have the odds for the Rio Chonan rowan Carnero fight. And I knew I knew I was right by not wanting to bet. Uh Chonan is minus one twenty five and Carnero is minus one oh five.
3: Let's <laughs> put all these fucking minus minus fights, man. they all just, say, just make them pick them, man. <laughs> get a lot easier and shit yeah
2: pick them huh exactly okay the next one in the 205 division we have the debuting Michael Pat, who I have no idea about against Tim Bosch I guess that would be his name I haven't I don't remember seeing Tim fight at all so I have no idea
3: about these guys yeah Mm -hmm. I I I have no idea about either one of them I'm not that much of an expert you know yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I have a life. I'm not like Mike Coughlin who has no life can look at all the, <laughs> these guys. <laughs>
4: but,
3: uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm sorry. I have no idea about these two guys.
2: Okay, and then the the uh, the next fight will be uh, Tiago, the Pitbull Tavares against Kurt Pellegrino in the 155 division. It should be a fun
3: fight. Uh, I would give it the Tavares Tavares? Yeah Big edge But I think I think he's Probably the more I think it's I think he'll get it I think Tavares will win it Okay
2: And next up We have Martin Campman Of Extreme Couture Which could be announced You know As As Who he's representing Against Nate The Great Marquardt um, Before you Before you uh, Give me your pick On this one we have uh, we have odds here. We have Mark minus one fifty and Martin Campman plus one
3: twenty five. Yeah, I'm going uh Mark you know, he's got the experience, he's got a couple good wheels, you know, really good wins. And uh I don't see him like uh leveling off or anything, so I'm going Mark Court.
2: Good choice. Now uh Martin Campman is a sick kickboxer. You know, he's got some really good kicks, so you know, he, he may end up chopping uh excuse me, um chopping uh Marquardt down. You know, he's got some really good leg kicks. So, you know, you may see that happening. And next up we have Dan Henderson against Russamar Fulharis, which could be the sleeper fight of the show. Um Let's see. Let's grab the odds for this one. This one is Henderson minus 225 and uh, Roussimar plus 185. Um, Mr. Sawyer, um, what's your pick for this one?
0: What's going on, guys? Which which fight are we on?
2: Oh, um, uh, Polaris. Oh, the Polaris-Henderson
0: fight. Um, I'm going to go with Dan Henderson. I think, uh, you know, he's coming off his two losses to Silva and Rampage, and uh, he needs a win uh, very badly in this one. But, but we've got to see how he rebounds after being choked by Silva. Um, you know, but if he loses, he goes 0-3, and he's got to be considered a huge bust for his UFC stint. But I'm going to go with Henderson.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, be- before Ed chimes in, welcome to the show, Mr. Micah Sawyer. Um, he is our correspondent from Las Vegas. Um, now, uh, Mike, what's the pulse, brother? How's the pulse out there for Randy and, uh, and Brock?
0: That's all anybody's talking about right now. Uh, they're not even talking about the show this weekend. So, I mean, they've been all over ESPN the last two days. Yeah, um, yeah
2: you know, they, they look good. They, they did very, very, very well on there. Yeah. On SportsCenter, and they, they, they were a credit to the business, to the sport. They were professionals, and and I was just amazed. Um, I was expecting it from Randy, but not so much from Brock because, you know, he's really immature. You know, he's a big, dumb country boy. But I'm sorry to cut you off, Mike.
0: No, no, no. He's – I I watched it. They were great on – they were on Mike and Mike. They were on a few of the other shows. Um, You know, that fight, the buzz is huge out here. I mean, I was at Gold's today. That's all the guys were talking about. And, you know, I, it, it's an interesting because it's going to be a five-round fight. I think if it's a three-round fight, I like Lesnar. A five-round fight, you know, you just can never count Randy out. You know, he, he fought two big guys recently in Gonzaga and Sylvia, so he knows how to fight big guys. Um, let's see what Lesnar can do. Lesnar better learn uh, a little bit more on the ground as far as submitting and getting somebody away. If he gets Randy down, he's got to do something. Got to do something to them. Sure. I, Mike. Oh, I think the phone's cutting out a little bit.
2: Can
4: you hear me, guys? Okay, I'm going to call right back in.
2: Okay, we're back. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Ed, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, you can hear me. I'm sorry about that, brother. We we lost Mike. Um, hopefully Mike will be calling back in. But uh <clears throat> okay, um uh Henderson. Uh give me a winner on the Henderson fight.
3: Uh I don't really know a whole lot about the the guy he's fighting. What's that guy's record?
2: Honestly, I don't know. I don't have it
3: in front of me. Right. But, um um no. I'm just gonna go with Henderson just out of the experience and uh being in big fights. And he does you need know, a win, so he'll be determined and I think he'll have a little more of an edge to him, knowing that he does have to win uh this one. And so do you think they'll ahead. cut him What's that? Do you think do you do you uh, think they'd cut him? I think they I think they really could it. Uh-huh. I, they'd have to be a fool not to. I mean, I'm sure he's making quite a good sum of money and then you know you're gonna lose mm-hmm. three fights in a row. You know, it's um I wouldn't I think they would, you know, I think they you know, they got, they know they're going to get to pick up some other fighters once affliction and a, a go down, so, you know, it's not like they're going to be hurting for fighters, so, you know, you mm-hmm. lose three. So, days, you know? w- would you say
2: that Henderson may end up back in Japan for, for Dream or any of those other
3: It would. If he loses, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, you
2: know what, though? He served his purpose. You know, he allowed UFC to unify the UFC and Pride titles. So he served his purpose, and he was well compensated.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's true. uh, You
2: know, that's how I I looked at it.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure he'll smoke this guy.
2: Well, we'll see what happens. Um, I figure if he loses, he's gone. Uh, Hollywood Henderson's going back to Japan. So... But um, all right. So <clears throat> what we do is we're going to take a break from the UFC talk, and um, we're going to uh, discuss some current events. So, Ed, um, all this money that we shell out every month to Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer, and these assholes can't get a good server. What the fuck, man? That website crashed for hours today. It's
3: still, uh, it's still kind of crashed right now. I can't get on the board.
0: Yeah, the board's um, dead, but.
3: Yeah, I wonder what the fuck happened to it, man. Well, well, yeah, they did say they were going to make, they're making changes, so maybe fucking they're doing some shit to it, but I don't know, man. What kind of sucks when I can't get on the board for fucking more than a few hours? Plus, I don't yeah. think they can listen to the audio right now either. Well, they didn't, uh,
2: didn't post the Landstorm figure four daily yet either and it kind of pissed me off because I, I usually listen to that while I'm making dinner so
1: yeah
3: they're, he's probably, they're probably unable to post it right now so oh, hopefully they'll get this shit straightened out pretty soon
2: Mike if you're on hold brother I will patch you in in just a second I gotta head back upstairs okay so um we have uh, Unforgiven the Sunday. How do you think Jericho's going to play out?
3: Um, well, <laughs> it, it I was thinking Jericho would – well, actually I was thinking Sean was going to go over, but then Jericho would do something like to, to, to take him out for a few months, and, you know, they thought the injury, injury was worse than it was. But mm-hmm. now that Sean's not as injured as they <laughs> –
2: For Jericho to win? Jericho to win, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay. Eddie, you're breaking up, brother. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now.
3: Okay, I Uh, think it would be better for Jericho to uh, to win. That way he can carry Mm -hmm. the program a little longer. But I just kind of have a feeling that they're going to have Sean go over already. Mm. I... I think somehow
2: Jericho's going to, you know, fuck them up again so that they'll be able to build it to mania. But that's, you know, that's just me. Um, Ed, we're going to take a little break. I'm going to play a song, and I'm going to call back in, and I'm going to switch phones. So hang on. Um, Just uh, this song is dedicated to Chris. And Black by ATDC. um Yeah, I uh, I was watching a Chris Candido DVD today, and I and I really missed him. Um, well, I, I mentioned Candido. Ed, um, what do you think of uh, Chris Candido?
3: Um, I think he was uh he was a pretty uh, good worker and stuff. I remember seeing him very early on in like uh, USWA, and uh, I was thinking he had potential. I don't think he ever really lived up to all his potential at all um, and stuff. But um, I guess you can blame the drugs and uh me for that. But, uh, yeah, he was always pretty good. He was always entertaining and stuff. Mm-hmm. This was the shame. I mean, the way he died is that just like, you know, I mean, that was just so out of the blue and sudden and just like, you know what I mean? I mean, just like, I don't know, just a fucking weird way that he died.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really odd. And, you know, he cleaned up his act and everything. Um, Mr. Sawyer, um, we we were just talking about Chris Candido.
0: Um, w- what are your feelings on Chris? On Chris Candido? Um, yes, you see, it's been a while for him. Now, he died, right? Wasn't that yes, Sonny's yes. boyfriend? Or
3: Yeah, it was Sonny's boyfriend.
0: Yep. Oh, okay. Well, he had a lot of talent, man. He had a lot of talent. Uh uh, I think, would he die right. off of a, an operation that went bad?
3: Yep. He, he, had, yeah. he, had, he, had, he had an injury, and then he did some kind of angle where he got in the ring, and then I guess, I don't know, if he got like a blood clot or something.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what he did I? He, hey, he was a good worker. It's too bad that happened. Um, you know, But he was into a lot of other things, too, so I'm sure that uh, contributed to it.
2: All right. Well, let's let's get back on the MMA front now that now that I have both these gentlemen back on the line. Um, the next fight up would be uh, Hollywood Dan Henderson. Oh wait, we already talked about that one. Um, Mr. Boring Carl Parisian against Yoshiyuki Yoshida. Uh, what do you think about this one, Michael?
0: Well, I mean, Carl's coming off a loss to uh, Diego Elves, and uh, reports are he's you know, he's been training at Extreme Couture. He's in shape. Um, you know, it's about time. He's got tremendous judo, as does Yoshida. Uh, The only thing is, I mean, he's had some fun fights against top guys, but he hasn't finished anyone in two years. So if you go back and check his record, I mean, everything's, you know, decision, decisions, and he's lost. Uh, You know, Yoshida's coming off the destruction of War Machine at the show we were at, Ed, at uh, UFC 84, Um, and he looked great, man. I mean, he's on a nine-fight winning streak. He's won them all by stoppage. Tough guy, well-rounded. It's going to be a test. If Carl's in shape, which it appears he is, um, I'd give the edge to him, but Yoshida's very dangerous.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, this, this one we have uh, Carl minus 2, 3, and Yoshida is plus 190. Oh, interesting odds on that one. Well, what are you thinking? <laughs> Eddie? Okay. Eddie, can you hear me? You... Okay, I got you, Ed. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Carl or Yoshida?
3: I think I would take that bet and go Yoshida because uh, Carl is—he's uh, got all the talent in the world, but he's a fucking idiot, man. So, you know, do something real stupid and lose it. So, I wouldn't mind taking the odds on that bet. Okay, yeah, that's a good call. And uh,
2: next up, we have Rich frank uh Rich Franklin against Matt Harrell. <coughs> Mike, uh, who, who do you think is going to take this
0: one? Uh, this is an interesting fight. I mean, obviously, Hamill wants to get it to the ground. Franklin wants to keep it on the feet. Uh, you know, Rich is coming off a win on Travis Luter at UFC 83. He's going back up to 205. Um, you know, he's got the experience. He's the more well-rounded guy in the fight. Hamill's 4-1. He, he should be undefeated with the fight with Bisping. Uh, but he's shown improvement. I mean, it's going to be a fun fight. You know, is Matt going to be able to take him down? Uh, or, you know, or is Franklin just going to be able to punch his way through him? Um, I would think that the experience for Franklin should pay off, but I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to take Matt Hamill.
2: Okay. Let's get the uh, get the numbers here. Uh, pull up uh, the odds, maybe. I guess not. Okay, Ed, um, who, who are you going to take in this one?
3: Well, it depends. Uh, if, if, I think if Matt Hamill comes in with a strong uh, game plan, he can pretty much take him down and write him out, and he could pull up the win. The thing is, sometimes Matt's a little stupid, and he likes to stand there and strike. And uh, I don't think he wants to do that with Rich Franklin. And um, if he does that, I think Franklin could uh, could pick him apart standing, too. But I pretty much see uh, Matt taking him down and just writing, writing him out for three rounds. Mm.
4: Okay,
3: um, let's look at the odds. I think he's going to be too. <laughs> For
2: a, for a, see uh Rich Franklin is minus two sixty five, Matt Hamill is two oh five. I think I'm gonna put uh, probably fifty down on Hamill for this one. So that should be okay. And uh the main event. We have Chuck Liddell and Rashad Evans. Uh Chucky is minus two ninety and Rashad is plus two thirty. We'll, well how do you think this one's gonna go, Mike?
0: Uh Hopefully it doesn't go like the Keith Jardine fight, where everyone you know everyone just says, well eventually Chuck's going to land that big punch. Where in the Jardine fight he really never did. Um, I mean he looked great against Vanderlei at, at UFC 79. If he's in shape and the hamstring's fine, he he should be able to beat Rashad. I mean, but Rashad finds ways to win. I mean he's beat Bisping, Bonner, Lambert, you know, uh, and he's got the the uh, Jackson camp behind him with Keith, with Keith Jardine. So. Uh, I'm going to go with Chuck in this one. I think he's focused. I think he knows uh, he's got a big fight with Forrest in December if he wins this fight. So I've got to go with Chuck.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think there, Eddie? I'm going with Chuck, too. The one one thing that Rashad's advantage that Rashad's had in a lot of his fights is he's always been able to take the guy down, and um, he's not going to be able to take Liddell down, and if he does, Liddell's just going to stand right up. So as long as it's on on their feet, I'm pretty sure the Dell will win. I mean, there's a chance that maybe Rashad could outwork him and kind of stay away from him, but uh, Rashad's never fought anyone with the power of, uh, of Chuck. So I think Chuck's gonna take it to him. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go with Chuck too. Um, honestly, sure Rashad will be able to probably take him down, but Chuck will just spring right back up, you know, or or Chuck may may even, you know, really screw it screw things up and stay on the ground with him. You know, I mean Chuck's not a bad ground guy. He just doesn't, you know, doesn't have to use it. Um you know, like the the last fight with Silva, you know, he, he did, you know, he took Silva down. You know, no one was expecting it, you know, and it was uh it was amazing. Um you see I'd I'd like to plug a show um coming up on the thirteenth of September in Concord, uh Concord, California, up here in Northern California. The West Coast Wrestling Alliance is presenting its, the, its annual Aaron O'Grady Cup. Um, for those who don't know, Aaron O'Grady is the former Crash Holly, um, who was a very close friend of mine uh, who passed away some years back. Uh, booked for this with, is Michael Modest, Jardy France, and Vinny Massaro, to name a few. Um, after paying the boys and the gym rent, the rest of the proceeds will go to the daughter of Mike Lockwood Crash Holly. So uh go out of your way guys to uh check out the show up here anywhere in Northern California. Uh should be pretty good. Uh some of the local stars will be there. Uh, a lot of local guys I hear are booked that are uh, that are working for half price as opposed to full price. And it, you know it goes to a good cause. Um, Mike was a good guy and and he is missed. Okay, sorry about the sorry about the plugs guys. Uh you know got to handle business too. Ah, all right, so um at the beginning of the show, uh Mike, Ed and I were, were discussing the Brock uh Randy fight and uh nothing's been announced or rumored at all for the undercard. Uh do you have any idea?
0: Uh as of now, no. Um with well, not too many. I I, I kinda of, I heard you guys talking about that they could put on maybe uh some of the uh, lesser-known guys to uh, to get them exposure. But, I mean, that'll go both ways, too, because you're going to see a lot of guys that are going to want to be on that show now. So, uh, you know, uh, the next three or four shows that they have are going to be, uh, you know, top-notch. You've got three huge paper uh, uh, main events coming up. So, you know, it, it, I'm trying to think the... Um, if I've heard anything else... Uh, as far as the fights uh i think they they've talked about joe stevenson uh actually yeah joe stevenson and kenny florian yeah that's right for that one and i think uh gabriel gonzaga is going to be on that show and uh those are the two that i know but that's right it's stevenson and florian because i think that was the original main event
3: Okay. Well, that show got a big upgrade. That was the original main event, and now they got Brock and Randy. I mean, shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, not to mention it's in yeah. Vegas, so that's a good thing too.
3: Now, hopefully, when, hopefully, I will be there. Hopefully, I'm fucking gonna do everything I can. I'm gonna start saving up some money, and I'm gonna try and make it out now, there. Now, I'm I'm trying to uh,
2: get my wife to give that to give tickets to me for my wedding anniversary. That night is my wedding anniversary. So I'm going to oh, do, uh,
0: wow.
2: do my damnedest to get out there. So
0: it's um, going to be a huge, huge night.
2: Yeah, it's going to be going to be really. I big. mean,
0: you're looking at a five million dollar gate. You're looking at probably uh, the biggest fight of the year. Uh, it probably won't be the best fight, but it'll be the you know the biggest fight of the year. And um, it's everybody. You're gonna. I mean, it's just gonna be a, a huge night. It, it's completely overshadowed this Saturday night, and uh, the England show and every other show is going on. So, and the poor Affliction guys are supposed to be running the month before that, and uh, you could you know you can hear a pin drop with uh, any kind of talk towards that show.
2: Okay, uh, coming up on the 17th, there's a UFC fight night before the premiere of he's in is it 8 of the Ultimate uh, yeah yeah uh the main event Nate Diaz against Josh Neer in a 155 battle um they're putting Nate on top which is cool um now what what do you guys honestly think of Nate that
3: uh Nate um he's um he's very very, very talented uh he's got skills out of his fucking ass on the ground but uh
2: He's
0: just like his brother. He's a fucking idiot. What do you think, Michael? Well, I mean, he's fun to watch. I think he'll win. I think he'll beat Josh near. Um, anytime you got either one of the Diaz brothers on, it's definitely worth the, uh, the time to watch the show. So I, think, uh, I think he'll win that one by submission.
2: Mm-hmm. Good call. You know, Nate, Nate has really changed since I, I fed him with a bottle. Um, I've known the Diaz brothers since they were very, very young. Um, Nate was a baby when I met him, and how old was Nick? Nick, I think, was five, five or six. Um, I dated their one of their cousins for a couple months when I was, like, 19. So, yeah, it's it's trippy. You know, when, when uh, Nick Diaz first popped up on the scene, I was like, hey, man, I know that big-headed motherfucker because he looks just the same. The same as he did oh, yeah. as a little kid, but yeah, it, it's trippy, you know, because ah, uh, they they lived out here and then they then they moved to Stockton, so uh, yeah, it's just trippy when I see him. I'm like, hey, dude, I used to feed that kid.
4: <laughs>
2: but uh, the uh, the fight for me, which is the semifinal, which is going to be fun, um, Mr. No Charisma, Mac Danzig against my boy Clay Guida. Um, if Clay's on the bill, you know, you're going to get a barn burner. Um, Mike, what, what do you think of Clay?
0: Well, he's definitely fun to watch. Um, I remember when they had, the, uh, they had the show up here at the Riviera, they had this independent show, and the promoter stood up during the press conference and said, you know, we're going to have the nine most exciting fights you've ever seen in your life. And one of the reporters from uh, MMA Weekly raised his hand and said, well, you mean, you mean to tell me Clay is fighting nine times? You know, I, so I, I, mean, he's, he's definitely fun to watch. I mean, he's had some, he's had a couple rough losses, but, uh, I, you know, if he lost his, his next five fights, I'd still watch him, you know, I'd watch mm-hmm. him every time. Yeah.
2: The, the first time I saw Clay was on the debut, uh, strike court show, um, where he took care of, uh, Josh Thompson and, you know, in a five round war. And I, I walked out of there. I, I told everybody under the sun, that Clay was gonna be a star and he definitely was. And on the next strike four show he uh, was defeated in five rounds by Gilbert Melendez, um, who's, you know, arguably a top five, you know, one fifty five pounder in the world. Um mm-hmm. you know, and he's stood toe to toe with these guys and he's no joke, man. You know, and, and he doesn't need a title. You know, just keep keep booking him and keep putting him in the opening fight on the pay per views. You know, because you know you're gonna get Get action packed stuff from Clay. Um, what, what do you think of Clay? Uh, Ed?
3: Oh, I can watch him fight. Like I could have watched all nine of those fights, no problem. If he would have fought, like, uh, like the reporter was joking. I mean, he's just exciting to watch and stuff. But um, you know, um, yeah, I wish he would have worked that. You know, he would have explored uh that sooner than the Kenny Florian did. But uh, yeah, mm. he's exciting. Man. I mean, I'd watch him. And don't. I mean, he could lose his next. Hundred fights and I still want to watch him. I mean, he's just that exciting. He always brings everything he has, brings all his heart, and doesn't stop. And uh, how could you not? You know, how could anyone not like watching him fight?
0: Yeah, they also uh, they also have Houston Alexander on the show, which I think that fights in uh, in Omaha, so it's actually going to be right in his hometown. And and he's coming off some losses, but the, he actually just resigned a five year deal yesterday, so he just I resigned with.
2: Her. Five uh, fights. I'm sorry, five fights. Okay. Well, yeah. he's, he's taking on uh, Eric Schaefer, who is, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, Eric Ravishing Red is a tomato can. So, you know, Houston. Yeah, they got to rebuild him up
0: a little. Yeah, they got to rebuild Houston up a little bit and and get him a win here and and it'll be good in his hometown. He's got a new contract, so hopefully he gets uh, he improves his ground game a little bit and he uh, and his chin. So we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, that should be, it's not even going to go one, you know. Um, We have Alan Belcher against Ed Herman. Um, I hope that Ed Herman loses and his white trash ass can go back to Oregon. Now, I'm not saying white trash like a bad thing because I'm white trash and proud. This guy makes white trash people look bad. So hopefully uh, Ed, Ed will lose um what what do you guys think of uh ed leaving uh leaving uh u f c if he loses do you, do you think it's going to happen
0: um well it won't break my heart if he leaves i mean he you know he's coming off some losses uh where he was actually submitted which is his which is his strong point but hey just like with anybody man you lose two three fights in a row you're pretty much on your way out. And sometimes you lose one, and they're ready to they're ready to get rid of you. So he loses this fight, and he's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, I what, would agree. He I mean, he in? has lost like he has lost like what three fights and stuff, and um, he's been a big disappointment since the Ultimate Fighter. That's for sure. I uh, I don't know. Just the way. <coughs> Hello? Casey, can you hear me? Mike, can you hear me?
2: you brother okay i have uh i lost mike um i've been having phone issues here just been not a good evening but uh hopefully the second hour will uh turn it around um i'm not sure if uh mr sawyer is going to call back in but um we we were talking about uh eddie herman um what do you think of him you know honestly ed do do you think they're going to cut him or
3: I mean, if he loses, I'm pretty sure he's done. I mean, he's lost like three or four, three fights at least. I'm thinking,
2: uh, I think it's three out of four. He he lost, and then he won one, and I think he lost like two or something. Uh, yeah,
3: he's been a he's been a big disappointment. I mean, he's been a you know, I think he was one of the favorites to win that fighter. You know, he's just been, um, you know, he hasn't looked like. I mean, he he looks decent. He's got skills, but he's you know you. Losing doesn't help you, man. And if he loses it again, he's he's done, dude. He's he's out of there. He's better go hope somebody else starts another group after Affliction and the league dies.
2: Well, there's you know there there's still companies. There are little indies that you know if you want to fight, you can fight. It's just the guys aren't going to be able to make a living anymore. You know what I mean? I mean it's same as when uh, WWE or WWF bought WCW. You know, there's still indies, but guys, you know, really can't make a living off that. But, you know, they'll be able to fight, and, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. So, so do you think, uh, how long do you think Affliction and Elite XC have left before they shut down?
3: Uh, probably one show each. Probably one show each, man. I mean, they're just losing money fucking hand over foot, you know, I mean... Sooner or later, it's
2: just gonna run out. Well, these people were idiots. They they don't take Frank Shamrock's advice from Strike Force. Okay, Strike Force, Yes, they're gonna they're gonna run in, in uh, what is it? Denver. But uh, I think one of the fighters are from Denver, so that's why they're doing it. I mean, they're from they're based in San Jose, where you know their top stars are from here. Bobby Southworth, their light heavyweight champion, Kung Lee. Uh, Frank Shamrock. Well, I, I mentioned Kung Lee. Um, do you think uh, Kung will ever end up in the UFC?
3: Um, uh, you know, if if uh, strike force goes out of business, I do, but uh, I don't know how successful he'll be. I've always thought he's been overrated. I mean, he's a flashy fighter and knows a lot of fancy stuff, but uh, he's always fought fucking tomato cans, you know, or guys who just and went, uh, he was just outclassed, I think it'll be a different story if he came to the UFC. I mean, his biggest win's Frank, and look, look how old Frank is, and Frank hasn't even really been fighting lately, you know. And I don't think Kung Lee. I just don't think Kung Lee uh, is is top level UFC. I think he would he'd get his ass kicked if you put him in there against some of the top guys in his weight class. Mm-hmm.
2: I I enjoy watching Kung Lee. Um, I think he's more of an attraction as opposed to a a main eventer. Um, yeah.
3: You know, but I mean, he, he's, you know, he's fun to watch. I mean, he's fun to watch. He's got it's like watching like people say some people say it's like watching like a video game. You know, he yeah. does like a lot of video game shit. And it's fun to watch. I just don't <laughs> think it'll translate against tougher opponents. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, he did, you know, he did break Frank's arm. while Frank was uh using that arm to block a kick. So, you know, that's some power. You know, if you can snap a bone like that, that's some power. Yep. You know. <clears throat> okay, let's see. We have about... Excuse me. We have about nine minutes to go in this segment, Ed. Um, let me see. I am on the Figure4WrestlingObserver.com uh, website. I'm looking through the news update. Uh, there's not much news here. <laughs> um, oh wow! Rob Van Dam last night did a, uh, or on Tuesday night did some stand-up comedy at the Improv in Hollywood. Um, if RVD were to take his his act on the road, Ed, would you go and see him in a comedy club?
3: Yeah, I would. Out uh, of just curiosity, um, I'm not sure exactly how funny he would be doing stand-up. <laughs> But uh, well, I mean, just out of curiosity, uh, I'd be more than happy to go check it
2: out. I spent a good amount of time with Rob at, at conventions and other things. And, you know, he's, he's got natural charisma, and he's really funny. And I think that, that if he chooses to go that route, he's going to be successful. And the thing is, I'm, I'm really disappointed in, you know, the way that he was used in WWE. Um, He would have been the perfect guy to send out um, for um, debut, you know, tickets going on sale or whatever for, you know, a big event or whatever. Um, He would have been a really good ambassador because, you know, the guy is ultra friendly. He is really, really witty and funny. Um, And I'll throw out a cheap plug, rvdtv.com. Much love for you, Rob. Um, You know, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't use him that way. Um, now speaking of ambassadors, who do they have left? They don't have Flair. Um, who are they going to send out to these, uh, you know, these opening days? What? What? A diva?
3: Ron Simmons. Who? Ron Simmons. Damn. Ron Simmons.
2: dude. Yes. Yeah, but he. Dude, he he has he hasn't he hasn't drawn money ever, ever. He's got his oh. little catchphrase over, and that's about it. Well, Ed, do you uh do you have any uh any news or or any topics you want to discuss with me? You you have me for about seven minutes. You and I what we can have a conversation.
3: Did, uh, what uh what do you think? About- what are your thoughts on uh, Killer Kowalski? Did you ever get to see any uh, any of
2: him? <clears throat> actually, I've seen quite a bit of it. Actually, um, I tend I tend to collect old film, um, wrestling on film, and I've seen a lot of his stuff from um, the Northeast um, www, 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 um, as Killer Kowalski and as a uh, masked ex- executioner. Um, did you know that he trained John Studd? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, and they were uh, they were wwwwwwwf www, www, tag team champions as the Executioners back in the day, and they were a pretty good team, you know, for uh, for big guys. Um, now, now this is a question. I sent it in to the uh, uh, Wrestling Observer Radio for last night, but the faggots never read my questions, even though they're good. Um, do you think that Killer Kowalski, his legacy is more as a worker or as a trainer? What do you think?
3: I think it's more of a worker, man. I mean, uh, other than Triple H in China, you know, he doesn't really have, like, um, yeah, you could actually say Shawn Michaels is more of a successful trainer than him, and he only trained for, like, maybe what, two or three years, I suppose. Um mm-hmm. You know, and then, like, China, it's not like you're containing, it's not like he trained a wool beater there. He just trained a girl who had a good gimmick at the time. So, um, you know, I'm sure he trained a lot of guys, but you don't hear a lot about a lot of famous guys that he trained, other than, you know, Triple H, China, uh, maybe another guy here. Yeah. So he's um, more of a wrestler. I mean, shit, he did wrestle for a long time, and he was on top almost that whole time that he was wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, he was a big time heel.
2: Big time heel.
3: Like today's Sanders, you know, he might not look uh, all that big, but at the time, dude, he was just a fucking giant compared to everyone else. Mhm. Well, you you
2: mentioned Shawn Michaels as a trainer. Um, let's let, let's talk about that. Um, sure. What do you think of his students? Um, I'm gonna run down some names and then uh, we'll we'll talk about them individually. How does that sound? That's cool. Cool. This is something different. This is something we haven't had before. Um, The American Dragon, Brian Danielson.
3: Okay. Brian's fucking awesome. I saw him. I got to go. I saw a couple shows um, when they were just, uh, you know, getting out of their class. They had, like, Sean had TV here for, like, I guess less than a year. And uh, I used to get to watch him wrestle wrestle with and against Spanky. And uh, he was just, as soon as the first time I saw him, I knew he had talent. I mean, He's uh, just awesome. I think I was the first person to ever on Wrestling Observer to ever even bring up his name and shit. So I, I knew who Brian Danielson was way before anyone in our team our of Honor did. Mm-hmm. Arguably top 10 worker in the world. Yeah, maybe even top 5. There you go. Okay, uh, the next one would be Paul London. Oh, London, um, he's pretty good, man. It's just too bad he's a fucking heat magnet and keeps pissing Vince off, man. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world, man, but he's never going to be, hes, he's gonna, until he gets fired from WWE, he's going to be stuck where he is, and that's up on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Hot stuff, Hernandez. Which, which one? Hernandez of LAX. Hernandez?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: He's Texas uh, Academy. you kinda of breaking up. I just kind I just all I heard was Hernandez. Are you talking about the one from uh LA Lex? Yes. Yeah, he's uh he's pretty good. I mean he's pretty decent. Uh, you know, he, he, he works better in a tank team with uh when he's got homicide there than he does at a signal. But uh he's, he's pretty good, man. He's he's pretty fucking big. He's a fucking big dude. Mm. Is it
2: uh two thousand six? for IWA Mid-South, the Revolution Strong Style Tournament, he uh, he had Samoa Joe in the first round. And that was some fun stuff. Um, I think Hernandez might be ready for a singles push um, with a manager. Uh, he needs the help. His promos aren't too good. Yeah. But, uh, he does need the help, and, and his his uh, Ring of Honor stuff was really good with the uh, the Carnage Crew feuding with the uh, Texas Wrestling Academy guys. Uh, that was some fun stuff. Uh, good uh, lower card feud. Uh, really fun stuff. Uh, let me see. Let me pull out another name here. Oh, um, well, you mentioned it. Spanky. Or the Brian Kendrick.
3: Uh, he's fucking awesome, man. I'm so glad that they're giving him this push on WWE. I mean, he's just got charisma just fucking out the ears, dude. I mean, he's got talent. I mean, he's fucking an awesome worker, great charisma. He'll probably be, when all is said and done, he'll probably be the most most successful out of all of them. Um, Danielson might be, you know, the hardcores will probably say that he's the best out of all of them, but Kendrick will definitely be the most successful out of all of them. But uh, let me ask you a question. Uh Sure. We're talking about Sean being a trainer. Sean. Uh, did train with him but he wasn't the main trainer. The main trainer, um uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but familiar with Rudy, Rudy Boy. Boy. Yeah, what Rudy do you think Boy. about what do you think about Rudy Boy Gonzales? He
0: he was really good. He was really, really good for a localized
2: guy. You know, he worked mainly Texas, um, most of his career. Uh really solid hand. Uh you knew you were gonna get good work with him. Um he also, when <clears throat> ROH opened, he would drive from Texas with Spanky, American Dragon, and the other guys. He would drive with them from Texas, and he would work the ROH shows as well, and he was involved in that feud with the Garnish Group, and he kept up with these younger guys. Uh, Rudy Boy was really solid. Um, he chose not to leave Texas because he's a family man. He didn't want to leave his family, so he decided to you know, stay in the area, so... Yeah, Rudy Boy is really good. Good question, to it.
3: Yeah, I remember. <laughs> other, I remember laughing my ass off when um they did a WWE was here. They were doing a show here. I, don't, I think it was SmackDown, and they were doing it was when uh JBL was feuding with Eddie, and they were doing a skit where JBL was like uh out at the border on the river. <laughs> Look at for fucking went back to fucking, he, he came across the family and it was Rudy Boy and he threw Rudy Boy in the fucking river. <laughs> I
4: was like,
3: I just remember laughing my ass off just because I, you know, first because I snapped that it was Rudy Boy and I was like, oh, goddamn, Rudy Boy's a fucking rock, you know, whatever and shit. That was pretty cool. But yeah, he was he was always a good hand and he's a hell of a trainer. I mean, he does, he doesn't get the credit because he had more of a. Uh, in a, more of a hand on uh, With these guys than Sean did But you know everyone talks about Sean Being the trainer and you know you don't hear shit About Rudy Boy but Rudy Boy deserves a credit I mean you know Brian Daneson and Spanky just right there You know he trained two of the like, fucking top Fucking guys in the sport right now So yeah he's a, He, he needs he need more props than he's given
2: Yeah he He was uh, really good Okay let's uh, go through another name uh, Michael Shane Or Matt
3: Bentley he was, I remember he was still Just in the, in the class when the first time I saw him He was a, He used to team In fact the first time I saw him he used to team With a guy named Kruger Or god damn what mm-hmm. the fuck was his name they were, Kruger yeah. Uh, yeah And they they were actually taking on some guy uh, Some guy named Maybe I think his name might have been Bone Crusher Or something he kind of like yeah. would come out orange pajamas, like they wore wood in prison, and then he teamed with Rudy Boy, and uh, they um, they fought at uh it was like at a bar, a nightclub, where they used to have their matches at at first, and uh, I remember uh, Ben doing um, uh, he did the balcony dive, you know, they set up, I think it was bone crusher up on the table, and then he came up the balcony and shit, and I was like, oh, damn, that dude's pretty talented. I always thought he was like ten times more talented than Kruger. And stuff, so he did pretty good. I'm surprised that they never WWE never signed them and you know, had him do something with Sean or you know, like
2: <sighs> no idea.
3: Why um, I, I I think that he may
2: have an agreement with Sean that, that Sean would not do that, that he wants to do it on his own merits, I think. That that's just speculation, but um did you happen to see ROH unscripted? in 2002, it was their tag title tournament, and Michael Shane, or Matt Bentley, had a street fight ladder match with Paul London.
3: Uh, I've heard about the match, but I haven't seen it. I've never seen any uh, Ring of Honor DVDs, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, that match was just insane, and it put them both on the map. Um, that match got Paul London his uh, TNA work. So, uh, yeah, that was good stuff. Um, let's... let's uh, Swing around to the East Coast. Um, <clears throat> there's a gentleman uh, from Brooklyn, New York, who's uh, just taking bookings again. The amazing Red. Um, wh- what do you think of Red? I-, I know you saw him in the early days of TNA.
3: Yeah, that's the only time I've actually seen him. He was pretty talented. He's like a, he is kind of like a younger Ray Mysterio. I mean, mm-hmm. just not as refined. But um, yeah, like a, you, you would. It was weird, because you'd always hear so much about the Amazing Red, and then, like, uh, he was just gone, and he's been gone for, like, a long time. So hopefully he hasn't lost anything, and hopefully he's uh, come out strong. And he's a talented guy. I mean, he he really is. I mean, he's got a lot of moves.
2: Yeah, he's solid. Um, thing, though, is he blew his knee out. So he's going to be like Ray now, and... And you know, be gingerly on it, and that kind of sucks. But uh, okay, all righty, Ed. Well, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to plug your show, brother.
3: Okay, everyone, check out the Drunk Cast on a Friday nights on a Blog Talk Radio. Nine in the East, seven in the West. Uh, hopefully, this week we'll be having uh, the, the great uh, Buddy Wayne. Uh, but he will be in transit, so there's a chance something might happen and he might not be able to call or just have a bad connection But he has promised to come back as soon as possible if that is the case So it'll be a fun show. There'll be plenty of a uh, drunk talk and uh, I'm sure you'll like this easy. I'm going to try again to tell every story where he can bury uh, your buddy Brian Alvarez and uh, Hopefully it'll be a fun show uh, if anyone wants to check out the archives, the show last week uh, with uh, Vinny V actually kind of just, like, doubled my downloads. I mean, couldn't believe how much uh, fucking more he added to my show. So yeah, check out the archives. They're there at Block Talk Radio. Just uh, angrymarches.com. Yeah. Angry marks. At angry com. Show, uh, show that angry marks. com. and uh, you know you can. If you go to Block Talk Radio, just type in uh, the drunk, drunk cast or type in Ed in San Antonio, and it will take you to uh, my shit. And uh, check it out. It's a fun show, and uh, we have a good time. And you never know when KZ is going to call and go insane and start ranting and raving and cutting promo all <laughs> <on>
2: people. <laughs> all right, Ed. Thanks for coming on and pre- previewing the UFC 88. And I'll be talking to you, brother.
3: All right, man. I'll to take it easy, KZ. Talk to you later.
2: All right, man. All right, that was the world-famous Ed in San Antonio. And we are in our second hour, brought to you by WrestleWarehouse.com. Check out the new shoot interviews that we've conducted with the Ballard Brothers and Michael Modest. Um, Speaking of Michael Modest, uh, I have on the line a man that has been heavily influenced by Mike, Mr. 420 himself, the Iron Saint, Sal Tomaselli. Hello. How are you doing, brother?
3: Not bad, man. How's it going?
2: Oh, dude, we're in the middle of a heat wave.
3: Shut yeah. up. Yeah, it
2: was it was 94 today.
5: It was 50 degrees here today. It's been raining nonstop.
2: Lucky you, brother.
5: Shut oh, up, dude. I'm you. so sorry. We're all I had two weeks of fucking summertime, and it's already back to winter. This blows.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, we're we're waiting for a. My my brother from another mother Scorpio Sky to call in. Um, before we get rolling on on our topic for the evening, now okay. have you have you watched the Michael Motta shoot interview?
5: Yeah, man, I gotta tell you, like I know I know I caught the live version uh, in Sacramento, but that story about the fucking
4: <laughs> you know it's what I'm talking about too. The uh, <laughs>
5: was it what company was it? Was it AAA? No, no, no! Oh, it was—he wasn't, though. It wasn't. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, the Ricky Marvin story. Yeah. God, that
5: was so fun. I just—that's still my favorite. I just—I can't get past that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, Now I I need honest, honest criticism. How was my interview style? How did I come off as interviewing him? Oh, good. My
5: personal preference is the less questions, the better. Not questions. I mean, the less that the interviewer talks throughout it, the better. Just you get the question and you move on, which I thought you did great. I thought it flowed really nice. I especially like when you, like some guys have definitive questions that they're going to ask and they don't deviate, you know. Mm-hmm. If the guy, if you ask a question and it leads to something else, you go with it, you know.
3: I liked it. I thought it
5: was, it was very, I never got bored throughout the entire thing, you know.
2: Now, uh, after we, uh. It took three video, or three tapes on the camera, and after changing, or in the middle of changing the second one, Mike's all, hey, bro, where are your notes? I said, Mike, when it comes to you, brother, I don't need notes.
3: Mm-hmm. I know that the was...
2: far, Hey, you know what? It was a shoot from both sides of the camera. I was just going.
5: Well, the thing is about Mike, too, like, and granted, I'm extremely biased, but... He's he's the kind of guy like he could really tell you a story about anything and he just he's an entertaining storyteller. You know what I mean? So it's, no matter what he, he's a quick-witted guy. It's just it's just going to be funny. So no matter what he talks about, it's always going to be good and when he's not restricted, that's when he's at his best, I think.
2: So uh are you back in the ring?
5: Yeah. Yeah, I came I came back uh on the 23rd. In the last last week. Bro, it was fucking brutal, man. <laughs> I gotta admit. <laughs> I was so gassed. I mean, I've been, I've been in the gym. I've been doing cardio and everything, but it's just, I can't obviously replicate, you know, the in-ring stuff. And it's just going to take me a little bit to get my step back. But it was fun, though. It was definitely a lot of fun. I enjoyed it big time. Cool. I lost, no, though. Vito beat me. No, I'm I a loser. And I'll get him. It. It's wrong just, with that. that's just the battle, man. We're in a war. Wars take some time.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll get a win in this somewhere.
5: How's everything been for you, though, man? How's everything going?
2: Well, not bad, brother. You know, we're like I said, we're battling the heat, and you know, it's just it's fucking really brutal, man. It's really really hot. It's dry heat, and I don't have an air conditioner, so you know, it's just it's really brutal. Been drinking a lot of beers, but
5: so what's this? Okay, the San Antonio guy. I heard a little bit while he was on there. You ranted and raved on his show.
2: Yes. Yes, um, I was on uh, a friend of mine. Big D <clears throat> runs a show on Wednesdays, and I was on one one Wednesday, and and I went off on Gabe Sapolsky. Why? Being overrated as far as a booker. <laughs> um, now, what makes you say year, that? In the er, in the early years of ROH, uh-huh. he won the Booker the Observer Booker of the Year. He was not booking it all himself. Well, what year are we talking about? 2002,
5: 2003. When did they? They started in 2001,
3: right?
2: No, they, they started in 2002, I think. Okay. 2001, 2002. Oh, it was O two. It was February 02. and So who was booking them? It was Gabe, officially. But it was a committee. The committee was Gabe, Doug Gentry, and Rob Feinstein and right. Gabe Gabe never acknowledged the other two well, I mean, he may have been the main guy i don't know or the, the guy come up with the most of stuff I, I
5: don't know. know i've never um, you know more about I mean, him than then. I do
2: that and then we were we were talking about uh, Adam Pierce's ROH work as opposed to his his work outside of ROH, and have you, you know he's more he's more of a goofy goofy comedy type brawler in ROH and then everywhere else you know he's a wrestling heel and you know I, I had Adam on the show and uh, you know we, we discussed it you know in depth you know we just we went at it you know and then after the show I, I called Adam and I said hey brother you know I'm sorry if I insulted you he's all what the fuck are you apologizing for you know he, he, he takes criticism he wants it you know, and you know, he says anything that can make him better. Right. Um, now, that that brings me to a question for you. Um,
4: <clears throat>
2: now, it's one thing for one of the boys to give you criticism backstage. Okay? Right. Now, now, what if you're on early in the show, then in the intermission you're outside having a smoke or whatever, and a fan walks up and then gives you criticism? How would you take that? If you did not know the fan,
5: me personally, or a wrestler yeah. you mean? like a wrestler's take on it. you, you,
2: Anyway, I don't mind. I,
5: I don't. Some guys get bad out of shape about that, and to be honest with you, I mean, I think it's justified if a guy does get bad out of shape about it. Cause fans, I mean, it depends on what the fan's really saying. You know, if he's, oh, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. I think that the wrestler should pay attention because they're the fan. You know, your job is to entertain them. So.
2: Right. Now. I, I how would about, still... How about if the fan came off as disrespectful, when saying,
5: like, give me an example.
2: Hey man, you you know your match sucked. That plancha, you completely missed him. You okay. Know, something like that. You know, I mean, you know, just coming off being a dick about it.
5: Well, I mean, if, if a guy's a dick, he's a dick, but it's not like they're not fighting words or something. I mean, he has a right to criticize. He's, I'm there to, I'm there to do my job, and his job is to either like it or dislike it. If he wants to voice it, then more power to you, man. That's your, that's your right to it. You know, you got to be thick-skinned in this business if you're not. you just The only person that gets all bent out of shape about it is the guy that gets bent out of shape about it. Mm-hmm.
4: You know what I mean? If you don't
5: let it affect you, then it doesn't affect you. If you take it with a grain of salt and you actually listen to what a guy says and you, you apply it and you go, you know what, maybe he was right, the plancha did suck tonight, I could fix it. If you thought you did a great plancha, then, you know, fuck off. Tell him to kiss your ass or something. I don't know. There you go. It well, never you know, bothered me. Like, that never bothered me.
2: When, when I go to the show, when I go to shows, you know, I usually have friends that are working the card. And right. they they during intermission or after, you know, going to Denny's or whatever, they always ask me for criticism. They're all, hey, man, you know, how was my match? You know, how, you know, what what did you think of this, that, and that? You know, and I I have enough respect, you know, they're not just wrestlers, they're my friends, so that I'm able to blunt and tell them, hey, you know, this, this, that, that, and this suck, you know, you need to work on this. And they, you know, they, they take it, and it's, it's constructive. And, they're, you know, they're not, you know, disrespected or anything, but they, you know, they ask for it. Um, do you think that, that it's cool for the boys to ask fans, you know, for feedback?
4: Uh, I,
5: to an extent. Like, I, I'm a big believer that you can learn from anybody in any situation. You can learn what to do or what not to do. Or if you don't like their advice or don't necessarily agree with it, that's okay too. You know, just, there's difference of opinion. There's like a million ways to correctly do wrestling. There's no one set way that you have to do it. You know, it, I think I think it's just it's more so, it's up to the individual. But I think going like to each fan and asking, I think that just kind of takes away from uh, from the show. Right. You know what I mean? It's like if you, if you go watch a movie, you you just went to watch the movie. Whether you liked it or you didn't like it, that's what they put out there. You know, so have your criticism, whatever it is. But if the actor ever comes and asks the fan, oh, did you think I I did this well, or was my facial expression good? I think that kind of takes away from it, you know? Mm -hmm. Some barriers are are there strictly to still be able to enjoy it, you know? Some barriers you can break down. I think some don't need to be. So if it's your friends that are fans, I'd say have at it. But if it's just the average fan, if they give you advice, great. I always take it. If I apply it, I do. If I don't, I don't. I just don't. I don't want to. Piss anybody off and I don't wanna come off like a dickhead. But I don't ask like I ask the boys. I, I they're gonna know more anyway, <laughs> you know.
2: I'd rather yeah, ask there the boys.
5: You go. There
2: you go. <clears throat> well my 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 friends you know, they, they tend to because they they know that I watch through you know, with different type of eyes, you know, and right. you know <clears throat> and you know, they're they're cool about it. You know, and <clears throat> excuse me. Excuse me again. All right. Well, we're we're gonna switch gears. You mentioned movies. Um, now, I think that the best heel on any type of screen this year was uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Uh, yeah. Did you see Batman? What'd you think of it?
5: I do, I like. I, I saw it, and I saw it maybe a month after it came out. So all my friends already saw it, and everybody hyped it, and they're like, Heath Ledger is so great, missing that. And when I went and saw it, I still thought like none of their hype diminished the movie. I thought it was great, man. It was fucking top to bottom. And I'm like, my favorite thing about a movie, if it's got a good plot or a good story, then I'm sold. You know, action stuff and explosions, those are great, but I need a good plot. And that movie, man, it was fucking great.
2: It was great. I didn't think a bad thing of it. Yeah, it was, it was uh, good stuff. It was a, a career-defining role for Mr. Ledger,
5: when dude, when he did the magic trick with that guy with the pencil,
2: I about pissed myself laughing, man. I thought that was so great. <laughs>
4: that movie
2: was awesome. Yeah, yeah. When I'm off the air tonight, I'm gonna watch it again with my wife. Ah, dude, it's good. So I can't wait for the next. One. So good. That to me is
5: better than the Spider-Man. It's better than than all of those. I, th- I thought it was better than
2: all of them. It was great. Well, let's let, let's compare. Um, I, I don't remember who the director of these films were, but this guy and Tim Burton's vision, the first set of Batman movies, um, w- w- what do you think are the differences, and, and did you like the others, and, or, and which one did you prefer? I, well, I think, I think
5: of the original versions, the first one is definitely my favorite. Um, I, I do like the originals, especially the Michael Keaton ones, because they, they were more cartoony, but they still had a darker edge to them. Even when you watch the movie, 90% of the scenes are at night. You know, it's just a darker-looking film. And Val Kimmel was cool, it was okay, but then when George Clooney got in it, man, that, the fourth one was like Hollywood, you know? It was, just, it was just... It was like a spot fest. It was just cool shit that they know is going gonna, is gonna to get some fans, and they know it's going to get... I just didn't like it at all. But the first, the first two, I thought were great. I thought were great. But I definitely think the, the new series... Is the better. I definitely. I mean, they spent. I think more time in making it really a dark movie and a lot, not cartoony at all. You know, it's a straight story. It's a straight villain. I
2: don't know.
5: I like these ones more, but the first one definitely kicked ass. Yeah,
3: they were. They're really good. Um, but yeah. Have you seen
2: Have you seen Death Race?
3: Death Race. No. Who's... With uh,
2: Jason something that the dude that was in. Um, uh, the guy that does
5: all the fight movies, the action movies, right?
2: Uh, the driving guy. He does all the driving... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. I
5: know. No, I haven't seen that yet. That just kind of looked like one of those... It didn't look like it was going to be that good. It was going to be all explosions and stuff. It was fun. Was it good?
4: It was
2: fun. Yeah. It was spotty, but you know what? It was fun. As long as you leave... I mean,
5: either way, as long as you leave entertained... You know, there's some movies like you just watch and you go, man, that was cool. Then there's other movies that when you wake up the next morning... You're still thinking about it, it's like, okay, that
2: was a damn good movie. There you go yeah I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, let's see what else uh, let's see how about did you see the new Star Wars movie? the animated one
5: no um to be honest with you, I have gone to see when, whatever it was in like ninety nine or two thousand whenever they came out with the first one of the new series, I went to see one up one showing of that. I fell asleep 30 minutes into it, and that's as much as I've ever seen in those movies, man. I just was never into that, like the whole Harry Potter thing or the whole whatever the other one is. I haven't seen any of them. I just I'm not into it, to be honest. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. i just uh, it's just uh, not. I, I can understand some like people at work, man. They talk about Endorf and Dolph Ram or whatever the fuck they're. Goofy names are—it's just so boring to me, I mean, you know. we talking about Barbie dolls or something. <laughs>
2: All right, well, we're we're going to uh, <clears throat> change gears. And we'll we'll get back into wrestling. Um, what are your feelings on the Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho uh, program, especially? Dude, uh, I think it's awesome. I think it's now, awesome. That, I especially
5: love that, Jericho's promos. Right? Dude,
2: that, that, that turned that, out to be
5: like. The main angle, I don't think it was designed to be pushed to that or anything, but that turned out to be really good.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm
5: telling you, did Jericho's promos, and, and really, he's, he went on the audience the whole time? I thought I, ugh, I thought it was really good. It's the best shit they've had in a long time.
2: That's right, and it's all them. It's not writers.
5: Now, did Michael's, I, is, is he shoot injured, or what What happened? I yeah, thought he yeah, hurt his yeah, arm or hurt.
2: something. Yeah, he's hurt. Um, so is he... he torn something in his arm is that it then are they I'm assuming they're fucking putting an end that sucks man well they're they're booked to they're supposed to headline uh, the pay-per-view this Sunday um I think something's gonna happen you know dude that when was okay yeah that's
4: uh, the only
5: thing I just I know that Hango is probably more over than Punk is and everything but he's still the champ man he should be the main event.
2: Yeah, I was I, thinking that, game I was thinking that, uh, that maybe um, Jericho's going to attack Michaels earlier in the show and, you know, he'll be taken out. and uh, somehow I don't know.
3: A-per-view, though? You think he'd well, still work?
2: Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah? Take out Michaels, and somehow he gets placed into the scramble match, and then Michaels will cost him, in the end, the title. Oh, okay. Well, um, I guess that could work. And, you know, that continues things. and. I think that they can continuously build this up to WrestleMania. I honestly feel they can build it all the way to Mania.
5: Yeah, because even if he has surgery, I mean, it's his arm. So it doesn't mean that he can't still do vignettes and stuff. And, and the majority of their storyline has been promos, and really good ones at that, you know, really good ones.
2: Well, what would you think of uh, Rebecca taking that shot? I mean, she got busted right in the mouth.
5: I didn't I mean, see was, it.
2: I, n- I never saw that. It was not a working punch. You know? <laughs> really? I mean, it, and you know, like, like the boys like to say, man, there's, you know, we're not a movie. This is one take. You know, and she took one for the fucking team, man. When they were carrying her back to down the aisle, her fucking mouth is swelling up, and you know, she took a fucking punch.
3: Shit! You know?
5: Wow. Hey, team player right there, man. Good for her. That's awesome. How much more does that, that adds so much drama to it, you know, if you're watching it and you see her lip blown up on the way to the, I mean, if you're like a 10-year-old in the crowd, come on, dude, that's, I try to think of it when I was a kid, I was like, man, I would have loved this, I would have watched this like, oh, it would have been great. It's like Rick Rude and
2: Jake Roberts all over again, you know. Well, see, we, we, had, we had heavy, 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 intense angles like that out here for Roy Shires. Shires was really big on it. You know, he'd have three or four big angles like that a year.
6: Where does he run out of?
2: Uh, San Francisco.
3: Oh, Dundee, okay.
2: Or used to. That was the old San Francisco territory with uh, Rocky Johnson and uh, Pat Patterson and all those other guys um, where uh, Mike Mike Modest and myself were at the shows with Roland Alexander, Dave Meltzer. um, What was this? This was in 80, 79, and we didn't even know each other.
5: Oh, you guys just random. Okay, I didn't know that. That's cool. I would have liked to have yeah. come up, I think, in that era. I think my style definitely fits more for like the 70s. I really, I think I was born too late. Me too. Me too. I, would, I think I would have enjoyed that time. for That would
2: have been cool. Yeah, that, that stuff was fun stuff. Um, especially tag teams. This was a tag team area. Um, Stevens and uh, Patterson on top. Um, you know, hey, you know me, man. I'm partial to tag teams. I love tag wrestling. Well, there you go. So, um, during your time off, uh, were you able to watch any any wrestling? And oh,
5: yeah. Dude, that's all I did. <laughs> this was honestly the most boring six months of my entire life. I was just going crazy. I had nothing to do. and I don't have a life because, you know, I'm a indie wrestler indie wrestlers it's like almost in the rules of when you break in you just have to forfeit whatever life you have
3: because you just
5: don't not even that you don't have time because you have plenty of time you just, you just I don't know like I guess I'm retarded now or something because I have no social life so I just watched wrestling All oh, here I'll even this was what I watched I watched yesterday Great American Bash from 88 with uh, and Tower against Sting and Nikita Koba.
2: Okay, we have on the line, Southern California independent worker, Scorpio Sky. What's up, bro? Hey,
6: what's going on, man? How you doing?
2: Fine and dandy. I have on the line, uh, Mr. Sal Tomaselli.
6: So- Yo! you hey, doing, man? How you doing, man? Up? Long time. Yeah, how you been? Yeah, man. What, how are things going?
5: Not bad, dude. Not bad. Just battling the weather out
6: here. What about you? Everything going well? Uh, everything's going pretty well. You're injured right now or what what's the deal with that?
5: I just got back, man.
6: I just February <laughs> August.
5: So Oh just, man. First match. And it was That's gotta be know, good. I mean, That's I gotta, gotta be good. Like blown
6: up, can't do nothing, but it's all good, you know. <laughs> hey, at least you're back. I'm that- I'm on the uh I'm on the uh beginning of my injury right now, so What happened? Uh, I injured my back pretty bad it's a pretty serious injury but um uh, i don't think it's going to be anything that's going to put me out like permanently. I, too. What'd um you do? well originally it happened about six months ago during a match where just you know everything was normal and um uh the next day you wake up and you're you know in a lot more pain than you should have been in but um right. i kept wrestling obviously you know we just keep going and going and going like like horses and then uh I explained it in my blog, actually, on MySpace, basically a couple of weeks ago. I'd say about a month ago right now. um, One morning I woke up and I literally could not stand up. I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand. You know, I couldn't – I was just hobbling around. It took me probably about an hour and a half to actually be able to get up, get dressed, and go over to an urgent care. And they did a lot of x-rays. And uh, what they did find is that I have a slight scoliosis. My, My spine is curving slightly. And uh, they don't know if that's uh, the main cause of what all the uh, pain is, but they definitely think it's an issue that they um, work with. And I have a really good doctor right now. He's the um, DO, you know, he specializes with the bones, and uh, he's also a chiropractor, which is funny because normally doctors are against chiropractors. But, um, you know, this guy's really good and he's working with me and he's already uh, told me that it's nothing that's, like, going to be a complete career killer you know it's just going to be some take some time and whenever it's healed it should be okay
5: Mm -hmm. so are you gonna have to get out of the ring for a while or are you still oh yeah
6: definitely 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 I, I had to get out I um the last match I ended up having it was um it was really bad like a lot of people compared it to like uh Shawn Michaels at Wrestlemania 14 where it was like I couldn't even end up at certain points and i couldn't kneel down and it was pretty bad i was probably worse off than he was actually because he was i thought he put on a great show that night but uh, me i mean literally i was wrestling scott lost and he would go to pick me up and i would have to crawl up his body like a ladder because i was so bad and i ended up having to forfeit uh, the ewf title because uh the doctors were just basically just telling me you know you can't be in the ring And I was telling myself from that match that I couldn't be in the ring because literally, I mean, earlier in the week when I wrestled Scott, I couldn't walk. Uh, For, I'd say, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I couldn't walk. Thursday, I got up and started kind of hobbling around. And uh, Friday, Saturday came the show. I just kind of said, I don't really care how bad I am. I'm going to get through the match. And uh, Scott ends up losing the AWS title to him. So right now, I'm just side just hopefully waiting for to get good enough to at least get back in the gym because not working out and not doing anything, just sitting around is kind of killing me right now.
5: Oh, dude, I was just yeah. telling Casey that. I was like, man, it was the most boring six months of my life.
6: Yeah, it's had, horrible. horrible. <laughs> you know? <But> you <laughs> it's know what the worst. There was the what did you hurt? hurt? What, what did
5: you hurt? I got a pinched sciatic nerve. So oh my God! <laughs> it's yeah. like my whole left leg. It, I could put all the it, it in the world. I just can't pick it up. Right, and like, right. you know, he goes through your whole leg, and it's like, I, I
6: don't know, know what it. to
5: do because I'm, I'm not taking like pills. I'm, I'm not really into that type of thing, you know.
4: Right, they right. They
5: just, just, scare me. You know. I was like, but that's what the fuck do you do then? It's like, well, gotta sit around and do nothing for a while. But it was, yeah. it was great and, though. I mean, time off was refreshing, man. I mean, take advantage of it.
2: Well, on, on next week's on next week's show next Thursday I will give the listeners an update on my back. I'm going in for an MRI on Saturday. So You know what? Good luck, We're man. The three musketeers, brothers. <laughs> good
6: luck, man. I hope it works out. Yeah, well, Young well, guys, man. All we got is bad backs.
5: <laughs>
6: <laughs> if we can move on past injury talk. <laughs>
2: okay. Um oh. All right, I'm going to start with you, Sally. Um, we're, we're going to focus on, on tag team wrestling here. Um, now, do you do you feel that it's a lost art?
3: I
5: don't think it's a lost art. I just don't think people are really given the time to do it. To be a good tag team, man, that takes a long... You just got to work with the same guy for so long. Because it's like, will you watch on TV? No, I just because they don't give anybody the time, but... I don't the Indies, yeah, because I've run into a lot of tag teams. I think there's a lot of really good tag teams out there.
2: What do you think, Scorp?
6: Uh, I agree, honestly. Um, I don't think it's the lost art on the indie scene. I mean, you can look at plenty of teams that are just – I mean, you can look at the Young Bucks. You know, they're mm-hmm. – they're, you know, I always put them over. They're my favorite tag team. I think they're the best tag team out right now. And, uh, you know, they've got the look – They match up. They know each other very well, and it's just like Sal said. You know, they're not. You know, teams on television aren't really given the time, and also they're toned down. There's certain rules they can't do too many tag moves, and you know, I mean, they. It it is watered down. I agree a little bit, but um, had it been given more time, I think it could be just as good as it was in the '80s. Mm
2: -hmm. Now, this this is going to change, since I'm. Since uh, Dave Marquez and the NWA will be having national TV, um, they will end up being the third brand. And from what I hear through the grapevine is that they're going to focus on tag team wrestling. It's going to be a big part of their show. And if anybody's watched their uh, NWA showcase on the Colors Network, you'll notice that they run their shows the same way that WCW ran their Nitros, where they had the cruiserweights, they had the, the, the international guys. They had the tag teams, and then they had the big guys on top. Um, they're going to be be doing that type of a show. Um, speaking of the NWA, um, Scorp, are you going to be working for Marquez when they're filming in L.A.?
6: Um, I'm pretty sure I am, actually. Uh, I spoke with Marquez about it and a few other guys, and uh, the last I heard was basically just you know, once I get healthy and everything, uh, the door is open. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, Sal, Um. Have you been in contact or been contacted to uh, work any shots for the NWA?
5: No, not at all. The NWA doesn't really work out this way too often anymore. Um, I think it's more with the economy, and I know that everybody's kind of taking a hit. But I know they're doing a lot of tag stuff, and I don't have a tag partner anymore, so mm-hmm.
4: I kind well, <clears> of...
2: <throat> well, Scorp, you've, you've been in the ring with the NWA World Tag Team Champions uh the Los Luchas, Zocri and uh, Phoenix Star. Uh, w- w- what do you think of them as a team?
6: I think they're amazing. Honestly, I mean, I'm not even just uh, saying that because they're my friends. Um, I've I've been I've trained with them and I've known them for I'd say maybe seven years now, and still every single time, and I'm not even joking. Every single time they go into the ring, they do something that I've never seen before, and it always just drops. I mean, to know some guys for seven years, and every single time they wrestle, you're just like, oh my god, where did they come up with that? I mean, these guys are really innovative. I think they're really underrated as far as the things they come up with because they they do some things you just kind of like, wow. Where you know what what drug were they on that made them think of that? You know, I mean, it's kind of like when you listen to music and you. Uh, Hear someone say a line that just kind of like blows your mind, like wow, what were they thinking when they came up with that? That's how I feel when I watch the Luchas. Those guys are awesome. Anyone has got to check them out if you yeah. haven't seen them.
4: Are
2: they are they American?
6: I believe they're Mexican, aren't they? They're luchadores.
2: Oh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kayfabe, kayfabe, yada yada yada. Now, I I've been saying this to uh to the newest member of the NWA, Jeff Dino and many other different people, even Adam Pearce. I I feel that it would be a good move to put the the tag straps on the Young Bucks. Um, Mm. What do you think?
6: Uh, I don't think it's a bad move at all. Um, uh, Obviously, PWG didn't either because they won the tag team titles there over the weekend. The Young Bucks are blowing up, man. They're like the hottest team around right now. They're, They're frequenting going to Dragon Gate, back and forth to Japan. They've already done two tours. I think they're doing another tour in another month or so. And um I mean you can't knock them and finally to me it's 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 happy it's making me happy because finally the whole world is seeing what I was saying a year or two ago where it's like these are the guys right here. These are going to be the guys and now everyone's seeing it.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. I can stick my tongue out and be like I told you so. <laughs> yeah,
2: no doubt. No doubt. You know, you know who's looking uh, looking really good is Jeff Dino because he's been booking them for, you know, a solid year um, yeah. with top teams. I mean, the Ballards, you know, the Ballard matches were just blow away. You know, I mean, amazing stuff. Um, Shane and Shannon, uh, you can't go wrong with those two. Um, so, Sal, out there in uh, the greater Chicagoland area, um, are there any tag teams that, you know, that, that you feel are going to, you know you know, es- escape the Midwest and, you know, uh you know you know, go to the bigger Indies or TNA or, or ROH.
5: Well I hope so. There's there's uh there's one tank that's out of Chicago here, the Soul Soul, Soul
2: Soul touches baby.
5: Yeah, they've been doing real good and they've been starting oh. to do some traveling. and they're just man, they they, they and we an it factor, you know, whoever knows what the fuck it factor is, but it just what it, they captivate your attention. You know, so I think, I think they're really good. There's a team called The Best Around. It's predominantly out of, I think, the East Coast, but they've been coming to Chicago a little bit now, and I know that Joey Matthews has worked quite a bit with them. I think they're what awesome.
2: Think? Uh, they're just, what are their names?
5: Uh, TJ Cannon, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Okay. They're, they're, they're really fun. I, I think they've only been around two or three years, something like that, but it was just like an odd pairing one night, and somebody saw something in them, and it was like, oh, and they work really well together. But right now, I think it's more flavor-of-the-month type guys, not to knock anybody. But, like, that's the difference between, you see, like, you see Young Bucks. Not a flavor-of-the-month because, obviously, they've been hot for longer than a month. <laughs> you know, they're fucking all over the place. So right now, it's just like, that's like the standard, you know. So if, if you want to make anything, you can't just make it locally anymore. You've got to get all over the place because, I mean, Young Bucks are the talk of the town right now. So it's like you've got to kind of compare yourself to those guys. And right now, I, don't, I just don't see anybody that's really on that level.
2: How about, uh, how about you, Scorp? Do you see anybody, uh, any diamonds in the rough down there in Southern California? Man,
6: uh, not that can compare to the Young Bucks, man. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly telling you, the Young Bucks are the real deal. From knowing them personally and uh, watching them, you know, professionally grow from where they started to where they are now, I mean, these guys are only going to get better and better and better so anyone can look at them and and from this area and use them as a target something that you know i want to be like those guys because they get better and better every single time you see them and they're just going to keep getting better and it it kind of scares me because i i started before they did and they're, they're going to surpass me and if they haven't already which they probably have but, but you know it's uh it kind of scares me you know my ego is getting getting worried <laughs>
2: So, um, uh, Scorp, uh, what, what what do you think of the Cutlers as a team? They're they're, the Cutlers. Up, they're up, and coming, up and coming. I think the I,
6: yeah, I think the Cutlers are really good. I've worked with them. I think they're really really good, and they're they're um. I don't know if you understand this. I, I know uh Sal will you know they haven't caught their stride yet. You know what I mean as a tag team you know you you get together and it's a little different at first and then you start getting to know each other and things get a little more comfortable but eventually you if you keep teaming you catch your stride to where you just are always in each other's heads and you know what you're thinking at all times and everything just comes off clicking you know what i mean and um uh the matches show a lot better so i think the cutlers are getting really really close to catching that stride and once they do then they they're also going to blow up and you're going to hear a lot more about them Okay.
2: Uh, well, I, I mentioned Shane and Shannon. Um, Sal, have you ever been in the room with them?
5: The Bowers? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love They were the first uh, probably real tag team. Like not just two guys paired up or two guys that work together here and there. But they don't take singles bookings. You know, they're a, a straight tag team. They're the first ones that we got to work. and. You know, tag wrestling, especially, like, a faster pace, it's really rhythm. It's just a lot of rhythm throughout the whole thing. That's, that was the hardest part for me to catch. And that was one of the things I learned from those guys early on, because they had worked together, and that was really when me and Vito were just kind of starting out a little bit. I, I mean, I can't say a bad thing about the ballads Wrestling-wise, they're top-notch, but even more so, just as people. I, I don't think you'll find anybody that ever says a bad thing about them. They're just really good guys. Mm-hmm
2: what do you what do you think of uh Shannon Shannon there, score
6: I, I definitely I agree with him. They're they've been around a long, long time and uh they're just uh they get it. They they're they are tag team wrestling and I think they're really underrated as well. And um, you know, um while while well, well, you know, you're on the line not to, you know, blow smoke, but I thought the Thomas Ellies were a really good team and, and no joke I was talking with someone maybe less than a month ago, uh about the, the Aerial Express uh Thomas match at P W G and how much uh that was a I thought that was a really good match and it's too bad you guys weren't in the area a little longer because now that we've got this explosion of tons of teams there's I mean the Thomas Young Bucks would have been really good. And timing thing,
5: man. It was would have been
6: great.
5: But I, I appreciate it. Thank you
6: though. Yeah man, yeah. But uh, yeah, the Ballards, uh, by the way, uh, they're they're a great team. Shane and Shannon, they always come up with with really innovative things, and uh, they can make you laugh and they can piss you off, and they have everything you need. and I, I wish they would blow up more than they already have because they're so good. Because I've worked with them, you know, they're they're so good, and that's that's the truth. They're they're just too good. You know, what's
5: funny. This is how good of a tag team they are. I'm waiting. Like a, it's like a, it takes ten minutes for the rib to for you to see what's going on, and finally you just sitting there and you find out that you just got worked by a tag team in the fucking locker room. They they work together <laughs> on ribs. It's ridiculous.
4: <laughs>
2: you know when when I when I filmed the shoot interview with them, it it was it was hilariously funny because they they had the the brother thing going. You know they were you know one was cutting off the other and it was just just funny, funny stuff, and you can get that as well as the Michael Modest shoot interview at WrestleWarehouse.com. Cheap plug for you, Jeff. I know you're listening, brother. Um, yeah, go out of your way to check them out. Uh, Sal, did I send you the the Ballards?
4: Yes. Good. What
2: would you think of that one? I
5: thought it was great, man. There's, there's a lot of stories that I didn't know. I went through them. I, I didn't, we didn't do... I think we only wrestled each other like three times, but we did a ton of shows that we were both at. And... I don't know, but I, I know Scorp, Scorps this way, too. It's like when you're a tag guy, it's, it's kind of rare to find another tag team. So when you find one, you tend to gravitate. And you're constantly just talking over stuff, you know. So there's a lot of shit that I saw in it that, that I'd already experienced firsthand. But there's a lot of stories I didn't, know, I didn't really know about, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that, that they haven't or that they didn't make it to the WWF. Um, right, you know, and it's 99. like they don't,
5: they, they can't have heat because they're the nicest guys in the world. So, it's, they, don't, they they're in shape, they're tan, and they know what the fuck they're doing. So it's just, I don't know, the weird break.
2: Well, the thing is, I, I told I told Shannon this. I said that um in '98 '99 you could have inserted the ballards into the Edge Christian Hardy's Dudley's feud and made it go another year because they would have fit right into that program. Um, and if you don't think they can do the TLC shit, they have done it with Kazarian and Nova and UPW. They can do that insane stuff. So, and you,
5: you would think, because they're like old-fashioned bumping heels, you know, so every spot they do and everything that they that they come up with is designed to make their opponents look good. So on top of the, the, the work, you got unselfish guys. It's like, I, I, just, I don't understand it. It's like they have everything, you know.
4: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> kind of. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that they got they got kind of a bum deal in in PWG. I, I think that the the uh, the owners or bookers or whomever you want to call it, uh, they listened to the fans too much there, and they you know they they just did they didn't do anything with them and either that or they may have gotten lost in the shuffle because. Gorilla tends to be, you know, when they say it's an all-star weekend, it definitely is an all-star weekend. Um, I think it would have
5: to be more of that, you know, it's just hard when you got thirty spots and you got thirty main event guys. What are you gonna do? You know, that's just. A, I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to be in that rough spot, but it's still not. It's still not easy.
4: Well, let's um, let's
2: discuss one of my favorite tag teams. Um, I'm not sure if you've been in the I don't don't think you've been in the ring with them Sal, and I'm very sure you haven't Scorp. um Kevin Steen and El Generico. Um
6: Oh, I you, have been in the ring with them. You have. Yeah, I I have been. Quicksilver and I actually wrestled uh uh Kevin Steen and El Generico in PWG a few years ago.
2: Oh, well there you go. Let's let's yeah. talk about it.
6: Yeah, how was that? They're uh they're, they're they're really good actually um they're man they're one thing about working with them is the crowd is always 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 going to be hot so you can appreciate that somehow as that you know uh, generico music hits the people are just on fire, and the thing about generico is um, he always comes up with little things that just his his false finishes he he always gets the people with his false finishes thats that's the thing about Generico that I admire, that just he can pull you in with his falsies and, and the people just go nuts. And uh, as far as Kevin Steen, he's just a great antagonist because you know, even as a worker, you'll be watching him and you're like, man, this guy's a dick. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't even like watching this guy. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really cool to to wrestle them because you've got one guy who's uh, a really powerful character, so he's going to pull the emotion. And then you've got the other guy who's just, awesome all around, so you, you've got all the aspects you need to just have a five-star match
2: again. Well, is amazing, and, you know, he, he passed the test. He survived Dragon Gate, so he kept up. Um, as far as, you know, I think that was the big test of Generico to see if he can keep up with, uh, with uh, all, those, all those guys that are at such a different speed. Um, uh, what we're going to do is, uh, we're, we're going to turn it around a little bit. Um, I, I, I have to ask this score. What is your favorite PWG DVD cover?
6: Um, oh, geez, dude. I, I don't own one PWG DVD, <laughs> so it's hard for me to tell. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the ones I've seen, uh, Maybe that one where it was uh smells like steam spirit where it's, yeah,
2: they're all kind of floating fine. and it yeah, looks like fine. the Nirvana that's cover. Fine. That one's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's it. I want that on a
6: t-shirt. <laughs>
2: awesome.
6: Yeah, that's a pretty cool cover.
2: You know, drop drop some uh drop a dime to uh, you know, the the owner's brother. You got to get those made, man. Those are really really cool.
6: <laughs> yeah, uh, those are that that's a cool shirt okay, idea. Okay, <laughs>
2: Um, well uh, Scorp you've you've been in the ring with Super Dragon Um, has he been the one guy that's hit you the hardest
6: Uh, no I don't think so I've been hit pretty damn hard by by a lot of guys but uh, I don't think Dragon was the hardest Um, Dragon's not as stiff as people think he is to be honest with you he's um, he can be stiff but as far as uh getting in there and you just kinda just really feel you you're gonna feel it when you are him, which which is something that uh adds to the match. But you're not gonna you're not gonna get hurt or you're not gonna ever he's I don't think he's I've ever been hit by him to the point where it was kinda like, damn, that was a unnecessary. So he's he's not too bad.
2: Okay. Um let's see Scorp, your your favorite favorite match you've you were you've been in were, were the uh, mask match. Um, what what match have you been in that was just a tag match that's just been the drizzling shit that if you could find the, every piece of that footage, you'd throw it away? <laughs> Man,
6: um, that's a really tough question. You know, um, to be honest with you and and not to sound conceited or cocky or anything but with with Quicksilver we never really had a bad match you know even the matches that weren't as great as you know some of the ones that have been hyped up they were pretty damn good I thought and we you know we knew each other since we were 10 years old so we were always in each other's minds and we always wanted to be a tag team so we just kind of had it and uh even the matches that weren't that great, I can still look back and, and laugh at certain reasons why they might not have been great. We might have just been in the ring joking around with our opponents. So, uh, honestly, there's not really one match I would go back and hit the void. There's some singles matches, but uh, <laughs> not, not any tag matches.
2: Same question for you, Sal. What, what, what's Well, first off, what uh, what's your favorite tag match that you've been in? And then after that, what's the worst tag match you've been in?
4: My
5: favorite, as in the one that I enjoyed the most, the one that I thought was the best tag match?
2: Uh, that that you've in, you enjoyed the most.
5: Uh, there's one where uh, Ian had announced his retirement that was coming up at the end of the year, and we just wanted to work on him one more time, but it was me and Ian against Vito and Brandon. But Ian got this great idea of me dressing up just like him so we could keep V's switch spot, even though we looked nothing alike. But it just, I mean, it was just so funny while we were out there. I I couldn't, I kept laughing. Like, I broke kayfabe, I admit it. But it was probably the most fun I've ever had was that tag match. Um, And the worst one, the worst I ever had, I don't know what it is, man, but he likes booking us in the five-way table elimination TLC death match. Like, there are always abortions. There's five teams, and there's there's ten guys going in ten different directions, and it never works. I, we just we had one in Philly like a year and a half ago. I was just I about cried afterwards. It was just so bad. It was so bad. That
2: that was uh uh Necro Joe, right?
5: Yeah, the second one. Necro Joe, yeah. the second one.
2: Yeah. 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 Man, that was. That was cool. Fuck. Our match
5: sucked. <laughs> you tell him that the rest it, of the show it, was... it
2: it was a clusterfuck, I must say
5: they just hard, man. It's like you can't communicate. You just can't unless you're – I can't plan a whole match in the locker room. I'm a stoner. I admit it. I can't remember everything.
2: <laughs> All right. This is uh, – this question is going to wrap us up. But, Scorp, um, now you're teaming regularly with Ronin, right?
6: M P W G, PWG, yes.
2: Right. Now – if you if the boss has asked you, hey, we're going to fly in a team that's not the Briscoes, who would you like us to fly in
6: to work with you? Hmm. Gosh, man, that's another tough question. Um, ironically, I really like to work with uh, – Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black, to be honest, and even though PWG brings them out, we haven't had a chance to wrestle them yet. So I was a fan of them on uh, Wrestling Society X, so I've kind of watched them over the last couple of years, and I'm a big fan of them. I'd like to wrestle them very much.
2: Okay, cool. And I'm going to answer this one for you, Sal. Mike Modest and Donovan Morgan.
5: Ah, too late, but I've already wrestled them numerous times.
2: (laughs) Okay, how about this one, Mike Modest and Oliver John?
5: I would wrestle Oliver John all day. Absolutely, I like John. Okay. Man,
2: Oliver's he's a good guy. He's he's my
5: worker too. You know our styles would fit. I'm not. I, I I don't do like I don't have a bunch of flashy stuff. I I'm not that talented. So you know I think me and Oliver would. That'd be fun.
2: Cool. All right, gentlemen. Well, it it was a fun show. Um, let see. I'll give uh, Mr. Thomaselli the office. Uh, how how could people go about contacting you, sending you fan mail, and you know little bags of herb and getting your book? <laughs> you could uh, you could email me at, stomaselli at
5: hotmail.com. Uh That's my personal account. I don't have a separate account because I'm not enough people are going to email me to justify two accounts. Uh, you can visit eliteprowrestling.com to find out any new. Information about Elite Pro. We're having another show September 18th in Chicago, and uh, I'm on MySpace somewhere. I don't know. I don't know who my MySpace gimmick is though, so you'll just have to look for me.
3: Sal
2: is in my top, my top 10 friends, uh, MySpace.com backslash RubberGuard Radio. And I'll what number am
5: know. I in the 10? Uh,
2: I don't know.
5: I, I would hope upper half.
2: You're not number one. That's my wife. But but I I can't be lower than five. I don't know. But uh, on Fridays (laughs) at 10 p.m. Eastern, no wait, Central Time on Comcast Channel 13 in the greater Chicagoland area, you can watch Elite TV. Uh, Elite Pro has really good TV shows. Uh, You can also watch it streaming live on their, or not live, but from their website, uh, Elite Live to you com. at any time. There you go.
5: Thank you, man. I appreciate okay.
2: it. Thanks for coming on, brother. I'll be uh, talking to you very soon.
5: Take care, man. You too, Scorp. Good
6: talking to you, man. Yeah, man. Take care. It was good hearing from you. Thank you, man. Right. Later.
2: Okay, that was Mr. Sal Tomaselli. Wow. That was some fun stuff, Scorp.
6: Yeah, I haven't talked to him in years, man. Yeah.
2: Actually, you know, uh, a couple months ago when, uh, when I filmed the shoot interviews with the Ballards and Michael Modest, um, it was a rather eventful weekend because uh, the Friday I went to a show that the Ballards worked and then we went out and ate with a bunch of people and then we went back and filmed the shoot. Then the next day I went to Mike Modest's house, filmed the shoot. Then the next day we drove from San Francisco to Sacramento for a show and Sal was out here and worked the show. So we got to meet Sal. Man, that was a fucking weekend, brother. <laughs> put some mileage miles on the car.
6: Yeah, but, uh, Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, I wasn't joking when I said I was just talking about the match we had with them because um, obviously I'm getting my DVD together, so uh, that was one of the matches I want to put on there. Tremendous.
2: So uh, when when is uh, your DVD going to be out and
6: released? <sighs> Man, I'm... Uh... I was, uh, I was gathering up all the footage, I, I'm scraping to get everything. Uh, it's hard getting the footage. That's the hardest thing. Right now, um, I was able to get my Rev Pro matches that I wanted. Right now, I'm really trying to get with WXW. I had a match with Super Dragon. It was a one-on-one best-of-five falls match in Germany. We went about 50 minutes. I'm trying to get that because I want that on there because I know nobody out here has ever seen it before. So I'm trying to get that, and um, with any luck, I'll, I'll have the DVD out before the end of the year.
2: Are, are you having problems getting the Rev
4: Pro footage?
6: No, Rev Pro footage I'm good on, I think. I've, oh, okay, I, I I just I just got a DVD from them with a couple of matches that I've been wanting. There's a match on there I've never even seen, which is the final Rev Pro show, which was Quicksilver against myself. That was one of my favorite matches I've ever had, and it, you know, sentimentally and, and as far as the match was, and I've never even seen it yet. And uh, I'll definitely want to have that on the DVD. So I was able to get that. And uh, the PWG stuff is easy to get. The EWF stuff is easy to get. Now I'm just trying to get the international stuff, the Osaka Pro stuff, the stuff from Germany and England. And uh, hopefully I can get some of my LXW stuff from Florida and and uh, New York. And then we'll be it. We'll be done. We just got to film all the extras. And we'll be out hopefully December or November. Cool.
2: So, um, what year did you have that match, uh, for WXW with Dragon? Uh,
6: 2004, I believe. Okay. 2004. I kind of get back with the guy, the promoter. I talked to him, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I've been kind of sidetracked. I was getting everything together and I got, and I got hurt, you know, uh, or more hurt in the past month. So I've kind of been going to the doctor every week and trying to take it a easy. But, uh, you know, obviously I'm gonna be sitting on my butt for at least a couple of months, so I'm gonna definitely try to make the most of the time and get this duty
2: out. Get her done.
6: Yeah, man. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: awesome. Well, now now that you have some time off, you uh you will have time to check all your MySpace messages. So let's uh let's throw out that MySpace and we'll go from there.
6: MySpace.com/slash Scorpio Guys. Hit me up. i got plenty of time.
2: Nice and easy. And also, we have to put over the boss, EmpireWrestlingFederation.com. We did not forget about you, Jesse. All right, brother. It was uh, definitely a fun show. Thanks for coming on.
6: Always good talking to you, man. Anytime.
2: Cool. We'll have to have you on again uh, soon, considering you will have the time.
6: Oh, yeah, for sure. want oh, to thank you for those DVDs.
2: Hey, it's all good, brother. It's those were great, man. Early, uh... Hopefully you enjoy them. uh, It was nice talking to you, and I will be talking to you very soon.
6: Okay, man. Have a good night.
2: Awesome. Thanks, brother. Bye. Okay, that was SoCal. Independent worker, Scorpio Sky. Wow, that's it. We survived. Uh, We actually outlived the stream. Um, Let's see. Uh, Check out the sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com, FogCityWrestling.com. I will talk to you guys next Thursday.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get
1: lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
6: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.